0: hey guys welcome back to handling it i'm your host Catherine, and as you know i thought i had my life all figured out and then i realized i actually didn't but i'm handling it and one of the best ways i've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives well hello everyone thank you for tuning in this week The fact that we've just stepped into August is wild and this summer is certainly flying by. But when I look back at the summer so far, it really has been a summer of music. I mean, come on, you look at concerts right now and we have Beyonce and Taylor touring. Harry Styles just finished his tour. There is so much performing going on and so much new music out right now. And today, I am thrilled to be welcoming on the talented and skillful Julia Balin, A singer, songwriter, and member of the indie pop trio, Balin, who will be chatting today about the band's latest album, Tired Hearts. As Julia will share, her and her brothers, Daniel and David, come from a musical family, so to form a sibling band was nothing too out of the ordinary. Known for their harmonies and their style of avant-garde pop, Balin just released their second full-eighth album, Tired Hearts, back in May. And you guys, it is such an incredible album. Two of my personal favorite songs on the album are Call It Like It Is and the beautifully written Bracca, Nothing Takes Me Down, which was inspired by Julia's own journey after finding out she has the Bracca gene. And we'll talk about all these things in today's episode, as well as dive into Julia's story. And you know, in this episode, we're also going to get real about some pretty intense stuff. Julia will be sharing her perspective in the music industry when it comes to access to healthcare, and we'll also chat about some early to mid-20s growing pains and more. You know, this episode was a really fun one to record, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. So let's get into it. You know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy Awesome. Well, Juliet, like I said, thank you for coming on. I am so thrilled to chat with you and just, you know, dive into this new album, Tired Hearts, but also your story as an artist. I mean, I, I'm excited to kind of chat with with you sort of solo. I mean, you're in a, a trio essentially. You perform in Balin with your two brothers. And I'm just, I'm thrilled to chat with you and just, you know, y- you alone have the mic.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm living <laughs> this uh solo interview life, you know um yeah i'm so I'm so excited to be here i uh I don't always get to do things by myself because I am you know attached to my brothers uh we spend an inordinate amount of time with one another. We love each other so much, but we and we're very like present in each other's lives. Obviously, we're in a band together. Um, but yeah, it is nice to like, take the mic. Yeah, definitely. So I I guess kind of
0: diving back into your origin story as a band, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, I'd love to hear sort of how, I mean, from what I read into, in my, in my research, your parents are both, uh, or were both musicians worked in the music industry and how did the three of you come together
1: and sort of form form the band? Yeah. So my parents are both classical musicians. So like they um, like, I guess, I mean, they're still, that's what they do by trade. Like they're freelance classical musicians in New York. And um, it's like a very different side of music industry, quote unquote, whatever that is these days. Um, but so, and but my dad like grew up playing in bands when he was a like, a kid and um, is still a singer-songwriter in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, he he basically showed my brothers the Beatles and they like got totally obsessed um, when they were like six years old and started writing songs together. And then when I was like seven or so, he, he taught me how to play guitar. Um, and like my family just kind of like a way that we communicate with one another, I guess, like we sit around and play songs together or learn songs and and kind of sing them and like appreciate them, and like kind of look at them and wonder i guess mm-hmm. uh, as a as a family and like that has been a very large part of all of our lives and and my brothers have been in bands together forever, and then, like when I kind of grew up a little bit and and uh Got my braces off and stuff, you know. I joined the band, um, and kind of found like my voice as a songwriter too because I, I didn't come to songwriting until later. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I mean, I, I when I found out that your parents, you know, worked in the industry and you know, that all three of you are obviously in the band together, your your two brothers, I thought like how beautiful being able to kind of have that. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, love my family, my family's great. But our interests and specifically our passions and sort of what we do professionally, but also personal passions and all of that, like we're very different. Um, so I, I think it's really beautiful to have sort of, I mean, obviously all five of you then are your own individuals, but to have sort of a really similar
1: passion and to be really rooted within that, I thought how beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. It's um, I think my parents probably feel like they've cursed us, you know, they're mm. like, oh no, what have we done? <laughs> i know my this my again? mom was
0: <laughs> my mom was a pharmacist and she would not let me go into anything medical because she's like just just don't like she lived through it
1: yeah like she did not there. recommend it <laughs> yeah i think my parents feel uh somewhat similarly but mm-hmm. we went into like such a different side of the industry that i don't I, there are a lot there's like a lot that they don't they didn't see coming you know mm-hmm. it's like the classical world is like very very different um and like extremely cloistered and and uh small so yeah there's a, there's like a, a lot of other michigans that comes with like pop music and um like being an, an indie pop musician you know that they We're blindsided by as parents. And they're like, how do we parent you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, totally. I mean, different. I
0: feel like the genre, um, you know, in an indie pop genre, but the the sound, especially on this new album, I guess let's dive into a little bit, Tired Hearts. Uh, The sound of the album is so, it's really like hypnotizing. I mean, your harmonies, you can tell that you and your brothers, you all like grew up singing together because the harmonies are so good. And I just really loved... I, I think the album as a whole, but you know, it's been said that the album represents, or at least some of the songs within it represent an uncertain future where ethics and morality are constantly shifting. There's some songs that are really um, the the melody, it's really hypnotic, like I said, and then you have some that are more uh, light and fast paced. And, fast-paced, and I, I think it's just, it's so wonderful to see so much differentiation within one album. And I think the themes and the thematic elements and the topics that you explore within it are just so interesting. And I read behind, you know, some of the meanings behind some of the songs. And, um, you know, I I, I just think that in of itself, how, you know, you all were thinking and what got you, you know, creating, creating each song was wonderful. Um, But I guess just as a whole, right? What was one of the big driving forces behind creating this album, putting everything into motion?
1: yeah, um I think like between like our last record and this record like i mean there's a lot there's been a lot of time obviously it's been like four years between the releases, so like we've changed a lot as people and and I think like just kind of socio politically a lot of things have changed a lot and um just kind of like trying to confront all of that dynamism, like culturally, um, with grace and like showing up and saying, like, hey, like, why, why do we need to make this music right now? And like, why is it necessary to put this music into the world? Or, or what can we like? What perspective can we lend um, in this like very, very turbulent and uncertain time? Um, and I think where we landed is a place it's like a tug and pull between um, like a real hopefulness and like optimism and a deep uncertainty um, and like trying to find like the three of us are we're equal songwriters in in all of this like we write everything together and it's like extremely democratic the way that we write and make our music so like trying to find a unified voice in that too, like trying to to like capture the, the closeness of, of each of our perspectives, you know? Cause it is hard to kind of synthesize three different people into like one project. Um, and we all have very different like voices and perspectives, so trying to kind of allow that dynamism in the music and also try and synthesize a perspective amidst that. So, Mm -hmm. that was really challenging and I think that's kind of like what we, that was the goal in the record and, um, you know, like I, 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 there was a lot of change, a lot of like uh, pressure, it was a very pressurized. Like setting to do this record in because it had been we'd waited so long to record, um, and we'd written like eighty songs, Mm -hmm. and we were like choosing from so many different songs, and like just trying to find the ones that like meant the most to us in this moment. Um. So it was like yeah, it was like a very intense process, like getting to the finish line and like putting it out and like you know feeling exposed and all of these things and yeah like trying to find the the like optimism in that and the hope and not to be like a pollyanna about it but like yeah trying to find something to look for that like felt safe and um beautiful
0: yeah wow (laughs) (laughs)
1: sorry I just talked a lot no
0: no no I loved that because I that's really the gist I got from the album but I, I I loved hearing sort of your writing process and the fact that all three of you really come together and um you know put everything out on the table um but I feel that within the album you can hear kind of different perspectives within it while some of the, maybe the themes or the messaging, you know, is, is universal amongst the three of you. I think, um, your individuality really shines through and for you, especially, um, I mean, BRCA, nothing take me down. Um, that I I, I (laughs) don't even know how to get into what a powerful, powerful song that is. And I haven't, I haven't heard something so unique, uh, unique of a topic within songwriting in a while like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, I, I would love to hear, if you wouldn't mind explaining to, you know, to yeah. somebody who hasn't heard the song yet, sort of yeah. how that came into play with writing it and, you know, your your personal story, um, you know, with uh, breast cancer.
1: Yeah, well, I I'm not a survivor. I've never had breast cancer. So it's um it's kind of a funny thing to talk about because it's like a non it's like almost a non issue, but BRCA, BRCA, which is like a gene mutation um that like makes you very likely to get breast cancer and like some other kinds of cancer, it like raises your chances. Um is it, it's a gene that I have. It's like um it's hereditary. And so my mom has it and her father was a carrier and my mom's a breast cancer survivor. So, um, I was, I was like, I got the genetic testing done because it was like recommended to me, like when I was 21 or something, I just like went ahead and did it. Um, and it came back positive and, uh, kind of sent me on this like journey, like this very nebulous journey of kind of confronting, like, this probability in my life and dealing with, like, my relationship with my mother through that, like, addressing kind of this, this, like, guilt and, like, this connection that we have, like, we both, like, are in the same high-risk program, you know, and, like, uh, go to the same doctor and, like, talk about these appointments that are, like, really strange and kind of scary and, like, walk back through Central Park, like, (laughs) You know kind of confronting like really big choices, like having double mastectomies and stuff, and like mm-hmm. um, prophylactic surgeries like it's a it's a lot of like what it's ifs a lot of heavy stuff, of, yeah, 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 and it's like it's like big what ifs to operate under, you know, and I think like generally people. I I don't know, like in therapy or whatever, tell you to uh, not operate under a lot of what ifs. I feel like that's a generally discouraged yeah. thing.
0: And what what ifs are the <laughs> worst? And I am like the easiest victim to them. Like I blow things way out of proportion and think of like, I mean, I like to consider like I'm I'm an optimistic person, but I'm also like, I think in the back of my head, worst case scenario all the time. Um, oh yeah. And it's so easy to fall victim to that and that sort of mentality. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, and I, I can only imagine in a situation like that, it's all the sort of thoughts and all the factors that are sort of running through your head.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a very, yeah, it's just a nebulous thing. Cause it's not, it's just waiting for the other shoe eternally. And um, I, I think there was a period I had been like sitting on this melody for a really long time. We'd like brought it into sessions and like hadn't been able to write any lyrics to it. Like the whole melody was just like totally formed and we couldn't think of like we hadn't not one lyric for it. Um and like when we were between like pre-production and recording the record I like found a like a pea-sized lump in my breast. Um and like You know it was the first time that that had happened and um i like went to the doctor to like get it checked out and it was like thankfully nothing it was just a cyst um but like while i was waiting for like the ultrasound results or whatever like i wrote all of the the lyrics for the song um and like it was in a in a moment where i was trying to kind of communicate to my mom that like i was okay you know that it wasn't what i think there you know she feels a lot of guilt about this like random ass gene you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. it's a gene like we all get stuff from our parents and like nobody's fault and like kind of finding Manifesting strength for myself and like, like kind of in her honor and like matching her strength too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like thank God it was nothing, but like I think just kind of having to deal with the medical industry in that capacity can be quite stressful. So it's like, um yeah that was that was like a an important thing that I needed to tell her for really. me,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, i i I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast in the past, but like similar concept in the sense of like, the what ifs and where and why do things happen? Where do they come from? My brother and I both have really weird, like, heart conditions. His, unfortunately, mm-hmm. more complicated than mine. Um, and you know, everything's sort of fine and under control now. But we were going to, you know, see doctors within Pennsylvania, different cardiologists and like all in like both of our young, early twenties, it's like a really weird kind of scary when you're the youngest person in the waiting room and you're going to see specialists to try and figure out like, why are you even having, you know, these symptoms? And that question of, you know, is this a hereditary problem comes up and they still haven't been able to really pinpoint why exactly we both have this and why we're on like opposite sides of the spectrum, me with like really low blood pressure and a low heart rate, and him with like super high blood pressure and a super high heart rate. So it's it's really yeah. weird. And I I thought of that when listening to this song, but I just think what's really, really just so special if if that's the right word about this song is just the topic and talking about it because this is a thing yeah. people
1: have this people have but i feel it, like yeah. no one really talks about it because and it's like nebulous it's like very nebulous like these things aren't they're not like medical emergencies happening now like it's not there's no event around it mm-hmm. and so like but it, at the same time like makes you the like view of your life like extremely like it it makes you have to look farther out in ways that you really shouldn't have to at like 25 or 26 like or that it just like (laughs) is very overwhelming too at that age and like i I mean that's like and it's also like i'm sure you don't have peers to talk about this with like your peers probably aren't dealing with the same like level of medical engagement that you are or if they are they're like very different problems and 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 that's very lonely. And it's like, how do you, and your, your life is so mobile. Like you're, you're not settled at this point in time, probably, or likely. Mm-hmm. And um, just like a lot of things are in flux. So it's just hard to kind of manage all of these.
0: And I feel like as women, especially breast cancer in and of itself is not really spoken about in the ways you would think that it should be, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we hear about the after effects, right? Yeah. And we don't, like, we hear constantly in the back of our heads, like, oh, yeah, like, make sure you're you're checking, make sure you're checking. But we don't really talk about, like, how to properly do that. I mean, I think it was here in the UK that they did a, I'm actually over in the UK right now, and they did a broadcast. I think it was here on the news of a woman actually, like, on live morning television um, showing how to properly, you know, examine to, to look for, for lumps. And I'm like, you would think we would be doing this, you know, just in health classes in, Mm -hmm. in, in the States or just even if you're like, I I feel like even going to like pediatricians as a kid or, um, just as, as an adult, even you would think that people would be properly sort of like walking you through like how to actually do this. What are the things to look for? What's like, when, when should you go see a doctor and and all those things? And I feel like it's, it's something that's not really spoken about until after the fact. Right.
1: Yeah. Early detection is like hugely important, but it's also like, I think especially important now to talk about at a time when like Planned Parenthood is like under attack, like, Mm -hmm. They don't offer mammograms at Planned Parenthood, which I think has been like, like, I don't know. There's some misinformation around that a lot of times in like the dialogue about like abortion. But they do offer like breast screenings mm-hmm. and like teach people how to do breast screen or like self self, you know, right examinations, examinations. Mm-hmm. and like will refer you to a mammogram or, like, an MRI if you need that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, like, that's equally as important. Like, that knowledge, that access is equally as important. So, like, you know, when you have, like, gynecologists, like, and, like, women's health centers, like, like, mass exoduses of these, like, providers from, like, states like Idaho, like, that creates Mm -hmm. larger issues. Like larger access to women's health. So
0: I I think, you know. yeah, I, I mean, so much of the issue, like you just said there is we we can't help ourselves as women as people, right? We can't help ourselves if we don't know how to if we're not educated on how to. yeah. and um, I just think this song, yeah, the the huge reason why it just stood out to me is because I'm like, this is a thing I had heard of Braca before, but honestly, seeing it pop up in this song again and hearing your personal experience with it. I was just like, why? Like, I know there's so many other people out there that either have this gene or even just breast cancer survivors in general and and getting the message of just spreading awareness of this topic is so important. But then I really just also loved your personal sort of just sharing, opening up, you know, your heart and your soul and sharing what you have been experiencing, the thoughts and the feelings. Mm. And just, I mean, hearing you say that you found somewhat, I don't know if acceptance is the right word, but a little bit of acceptance of the situation you're in. And it, I just think that in and of itself too, is, is just, it it was such a beautiful song. And I feel like I had to just call that out. Um, but one of the other things, you know, you were just sort of getting out there with with healthcare and how, you know, to check and to, you know, go get your screenings and all of those things within, I read the interview you just gave on, um, you know, healthcare for musicians mm-hmm. and just talking about your own personal experience and the ways that, you know, being able to, I think you talked about the fact that, you know, being able to be on tour touring, getting things like a COVID test and having healthcare to do that was perfect. But then getting to the age when you need to get your own healthcare and, you know, being a musician and sort of the complexities of that, if you wouldn't mind sharing sort of just what, um, I mean, I guess I kind of just said it there, like what made you sort of speak out on this, but if you wouldn't mind just sharing with musicians, because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, myself included in that bracket it's something that I, you know, after reading your, the article you did and and hearing that, I'm like, okay, yes, that, that makes sense. But I, I really kind of, again, just goes to the back of the head that we don't really realize that this is an issue that's actually happening to so many people out there.
1: Mm -hmm. And more than just musicians too. Like this is not exclusive to musicians. Like I'm sure you're a filmmaker too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like, yeah, I think all multi-hyphenates, like anybody do it, relying on gig work, relying on like freelance work, like this is an issue that they've faced probably, like fluctuating income, like having to travel a lot for work out of state, like spending time out of state a lot of the time and like just needing long-term care for, you know, a heart condition or like, like a gene mutation, whatever, like if you're high risk for anything, like having long-term consistent care is really important and having access to like care, especially when you're doing like very physical work, um, is important whenever, wherever you are, like you should never be uninsured or like not be able to access like Mm -hmm. affordable care. Um, and so like when you're somebody that like relies on advances and like basically lives off savings, um, like most musicians or like most like signed musicians do like we're singer songwriters who like get a publishing advance like uh one year and then like basically just live off that for years like you qualify for like very different tiers of insurance like from year mm-hmm. to year um and that's like a very unstable way of accessing care like for me i like found an insurance that like like met the needs and like covered the care that I needed and like because of all the referrals and everything like it took me five months like I'm paying for this insurance and like there were five months where I couldn't get to see like a just like a general practitioner to like start giving me referrals and so there were five months where I could not get like specialist care or like go to my high risk program um, because I was like my, there were like all of these logistical like bureaucratic things that were just like already needed to be set up and like i'm gonna have to change insurances next year because they're raising my premium like 20 percent or something crazy like that literally 20 <laughs> um and so i'm just gonna have to do this again next year and so it's like half the year i'm just like gonna be dealing with like paperwork basically before i can mm-hmm. actually access the care that i need and so it just like it has just been like hugely frustrating to me. And so I felt like I needed to write something that kind of talked about those issues. Um, And yeah, like turning 26, like in America is a crazy thing. Like you're suddenly like in (laughs) like at sea in adulthood, like fully just abandoned by the system. And like, that's, really intense like it's a very intense thing to experience and I just like kind of didn't expect that honestly <laughs> mm-hmm. like maybe I should have but yeah but at the same time like I don't know it, people don't really talk about I feel like it's a little bit taboo to talk about like how you get health care or like yeah it's yeah. all of these other things about like your income and like yeah and it's like very overwhelming and I know a lot of people that don't a lot of my peers like don't go to the doctor and like they don't get the care they need because they're just like yeah it's like not it's not accessible in a way that's like realistic for them mm-hmm. so that feels like an important thing to have a dialogue about at least to, to like you know crowdsource information like how do you get your insurance like oh your label like pays into a union like you can get insurance through that and like didn't you know that you can x y and z like that kind of gossip information is really important to develop in like when you're trying to develop collective power around something like this mm-hmm. so i know i i make the joke all the time
0: like this is the stuff we should have been learning in high school college like what i like it's it, it seems silly right because it's like yeah. how we Live and function as humans, but it's all this stuff that, for whatever reason, like you said, why is he? It's it's not even taboo. Like when you like think of the word taboo, it's like not even a taboo thing, but no one talks about it, right? And we make jokes. Like I've been making the joke because I'm 25 right now, and it's like I got like one more year before things get real, real fast. Yeah, and it's like a joke, and like my friends will all joke, and you know, it's it's that type of thing, but nobody actually wants wants to talk about like the, the severity of it and, you know, what to do when, when you have questions and what to do when you're in a bind, like you said, where you just, you can't get access or you're not going to get access because it's not accessible to you.
1: Right. Or you can only get access once it's an emergency, once it's like a bigger issue yeah. or yeah. Like, and it can be like very, very dangerous to do that. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's crazy. Anyways, I don't know. I like, I mean, the other the other kind of, like, theme of this record, too, is, like, I mean, like, well, I'm in a long-distance relationship with somebody that lives in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, like, the amount of days that I am, like, maybe I should just move. Like, the single-payer system sounds really, really nice, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, and I, I I remember talking to the broker that was, like, helping me find insurance. And he was like, "Yeah," I'm like, "So, like, if I'm like on tour, like, what am I gonna do? Like, there's just no option to find an insurance that like covers me out of state. Like, if I'm on the individual marketplace." And he's like, "Yeah, well, better hope you're going to, you know, countries with single payer healthcare systems." And I'm like, "Oh, great, <laughs>
0: yeah, fabulous."
1: But yeah,
0: and and it's just like you know, that, that's sort of how it is, but it's like, why can't we fix things like on the home front? Yeah. But I appreciate, I just wanted to like toss that out there. Cause I really appreciated you sharing that sort of perspective. I think it's, it's really interesting. It's something that, yeah, like you said, is not talked about. It's not talked about within, you know, the music industry, but it's not talked about that way within a lot of industries. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think our first season that we did, I had, um, you know, an actress on. And and she talked about the fact that she was in this huge film that, like, everybody knew you know, people would think, oh, like you must just be like rolling in dough, like you, you know, your life is set, your life is good. And she's like, no, it's, it's not the case. Like my life is, you know, yeah. trying to figure out like, where, when's my next job going to be? And, yeah. and, you know, the reality isn't just, oh, like you released an album, you're set or, oh, you know, you're working on a show or like whatever it may be. Yeah. That's just not the reality. Um.
1: Totally. I mean, I know so many people who have had that experience. And also, like, not to mention, like, I think that there's, like, this kind of expectation that, like, artists are, like, profligate. Like, that they're, like, irresponsible or, like, bad with money or just, like, it's their fault somehow that, like, these are issues or, like, mm-hmm. or that there's something romantic about not helping healthcare or, like, there's something romantic about living somewhere that's like really not suitable for human life like (laughs) yeah I I think like and this is also just like very like thematically throughout our record too like something we were thinking a lot about like just kind of the the like really large systems that we're up against as like individuals that feel like deeply impersonal like don't acknowledge the humanity that we're living through like that our humanness is not an object for them that like and like i think call it like it is is probably a better example of that than like something like Bracca or like tired hearts for example like that is like totally a song about like the very industrial n- nature of our day-to-day lives and how it's extremely dehumanizing mm-hmm. um and like we're all like kind of desensitized to that in a certain sense and like kind of don't necessarily i mean it's too much to acknowledge every second of the day it's like it's too overwhelming but something that like really was the impetus for a lot of these songs a lot of the lyrics in this record is that feeling of being just like overwhelmed by like some impenetrable system that like i am at the mercy of Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like trying to find love and hope and, and optimism in spite of that. Um, And I think like one of the most important ways to do that is just by talking about it, like collectively with your peers. Those are really important issues to talk about with your friends, you know? Um, Cause like more people are experiencing it than you think, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, and and the fact that you covered, you know, all those topics, like you mentioned Tired Hearts. I also loved, loved call it like it is. I thought I like, well, what a great song. Um, mm-hmm. but the fact that you covered all these really kind of heavy, you know, um, just I feel like heavy is the the perfect word for it, these really heavy topics. And yeah. you kind of, you know, took the the microscope and like, you know, examined just how life is, right? how it used to be, how it currently is, and maybe the potential of what it could be. Um, And I think that's really important. And that's what I really loved about this album. You know, I really, I had my own personal connection to some of the songs, you know, just listening to them on even the first listen and then going in and doing the research on what you've shared so far about why you've written each song, each track, hearing that and diving into that story. I mean, I recommend, you know, anybody to do, you know, at, mm-hmm. listen to the album and then do their research into youth as a band because it, it was really interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I just really loved, you know, sort of the dynamism behind it all. And just, you know, you brought it up in the beginning of our conversation and how, um, you and your brothers, uh, how you guys sit down, you sit down with them and, and just you all write kind of together based on issues and topics and feelings that you're all sort of sharing and are Mm -hmm. passionate about. Um, And I just feel like that's really, you can really feel that within, within the album.
1: You can hear us like bickering and like (laughs) battling it out in the studio, just going absolutely ballistic on one another. I mean, we, it's usually like somebody will write us like, part of a song and then bring it to the group and we'll like finish it together, or pull it apart or, you know, um, we're big editors, mm-hmm. so it, it is, a, it's like, it's like 12 angry men or something. It's like, it, we're like, you know, in the jury, jury room fighting kind of deal. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. And obviously Daniel, David, they're not here. So in, we talked about sort of your perspective with the album, What's sort of everybody's what's their sort of take on it? What's your sort of take on it individually? like what has this album meant for I guess how about that? um what has this album meant for you guys as sort of a collective and then sort of you as an individual?
1: That's such a good question. um I think like we're also happy that it's like done. you know, like we're very relieved to have finished it because it's it was we were holding on to these songs for so long. Um so I think like in that sense like, like it's very much a relief for all of us. Um and and I think oh man, like as an individual it's funny, it's like I I feel like I'm I'm always like on the on to the next project, you know? So it's like am I trying to dwell in it and trying to like be like oh man like I wish I had said this I wish I'd said that I wish I'd you know done all of these things differently or like said di- I, you know I don't know like mm-hmm. phrase things differently and in, in it but I uh yeah I just feel really like proud that we finished it and that we like said something that we felt was important and like still like have fun songs on it like it feels like a fun record to me too like i i don't i think when we went into the studio we like thought it was going to be like a real sleeper because like all a lot of these songs started off like very singer songwritery, and mm-hmm. kind of like through the course of the process like some of them like fully became bops you know they're like little bops and it's fun and it's like mm-hmm. it's, like the topics are are intense and heavy in a lot of ways, but there are like, there's some dancing, like I'm dancing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's sort of what I was getting at in the beginning is you explore these like really, yeah. Like these really heavy topics, these really important topics by the B and yeah, I mean, needless to say some bops, Um, but I think it's just, it's really fun. I think like, what a fun mix. Um, you know, you don't want to pair heavy with heavy. You want to pair heavy with fun. And yeah, there's like
1: tension there. Yeah. <laughs> so like push and pull.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's so great. And I'm so excited because you've already been touring a bit. And how has that been? And then you're going, you're gonna be doing some more shows as well.
1: Yeah, we have like such a fun fall planned. There's some stuff that we haven't yet announced that I'm really excited to announce. And then we're like playing expo fest and and austin city limits and and doing some headlining um and the and then like we're touring in the uk actually
0: yeah we're
1: coming to the uk and at the end of october and early november which i'm so excited about because i love it there i'm a big fan i'm a big anglophile yeah um so i'm really stoked to be to be doing some shows there and um yeah we like went on a we kind of just got back from, like, a a very long and expensive U.S. tour. We, like, did basically everywhere in this big loop. And it was so much fun. It was, like, our first time, like, really being out since the pandemic. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we had so many t- tours canceled over the last couple years because of the various waves. Um, so it was just really it was just really nice to be out and like connecting with people and like people just like showing up for us in like such a huge way. And, and like we have the nicest fans, like they're all like really good people. And like that that's, and in every city too like the same, like lovely, warm, caring vibe. And, um, you know, like that really makes it worthwhile for me. Like it's, touring is really hard it's Mm -hmm. like tough you know it's like it's really energy consuming like it's an intense lifestyle being in a different city every day and driving all day and then loading out and you know the way we do it is very rough and rough and ready like it's just the three of us in a minivan so like it's not glamorous love like it's really (laughs) not glamorous and um but, like, you know, you get out and you, like, meet these people and they're so stoked to be there and they're just absolute angels, all of them, every last one of them. And it's it's really, it, like, brings the humanity back to my, this mortal coil, you know. All right. Well, I think it
0: goes back to what you were just saying about. You know, putting it out, putting out an album, you go through. I mean, I go through the same thing when I'm working on projects, and you think like, like, is this everything I want to put in it? Is this could I do something different? Oh, should I have done this? And you you go back and forth, and you know, I know you had said that earlier, but then just hearing the reactions, right? People are going to resonate with it no matter what you do, because it's like you guys are unique as artists, and and people. They want to hear that so it doesn't matter like what version of you know a work you're giving if if you put yourself into it enough your fans your your team like mm-hmm. they're they're going to resonate with that because they resonate with yeah. you
1: yeah and they're like just they want something honest you know mm-hmm. and i think that yeah just trying to like figure out what that means is like a constantly evolving it's like a moving target to try and be the most authentic version of yourself i mean it's kind of backwards isn't it it's like obvious like shouldn't that be easy but it's it isn't it's like it's really hard to be like this is authentically me like this is the rawest like most like proximate version of myself i can show you through this medium um and I think just like moving towards that always and like really trying to capture that and like even just sonically like that was really how we approached this record Mm -hmm. like we wanted it to be a lot drier, a lot more proximate, like closer, like vocals, like more intimacy. Um, And, and I, yeah, I'm I'm just like hoping that that's, you know, how people are experiencing it on the other side of it. So, yeah, it is, like, it's wild. And people do, like, they show up and they, like, know the lyrics. And it's, like, that's cool. (laughs) That's really cool. Yep. Oh, my God. I know this is, like, not a visual medium. So, I'm, like, making faces.
0: No, I I think that's great. Like, yeah, I I think it is really incredible when you sort of realize, because I'm – Can get very much in that perfectionist bubble of is this, is this good? Is this worth it? Is this everything that I should be doing? And then the fact, like, I'll get that way about episodes. It's like, ah, should I have said this? Should I have said that? And then I'll get like a message online, somebody saying, Hey, you know, love that episode. It really helped me out with the situation I'm going through. Or, hey, you know, loved who you brought on this week. My story was exactly like hers. Yeah. And it's like, that's when it's cool. The fact that you're a listening, <laughs> listening to yeah. something I and somebody else have heard. to say, but I think when, when you just realize like all the little voices of you should do this, you could do that. Like, what are you doing? Like all that doesn't matter when it's already kind of resonating with somebody you're already it's cause it's like I said, it's you, it's, it's what you're able to bring to the table. And that's what people care about. They don't care about what you're bringing. They just care that you know you're you're bringing something i feel like i'm gonna yeah, Bring yourself a, yeah yeah
1: no you're showing up as yourself and mm-hmm. and like putting something on the line for them you know and and be, yeah and that's also something that brad like our producer brad was really um adamant about is that like, you have to put yourself on the line like you have it has to be worth something you know mm-hmm. and like that was something we talked a lot about in making it and and i think people like really respect and respond to like something so to like to, for you to risk yourself emotionally like to make this you know and maybe there's something like maybe we need to unpack that and that's like really problematic but like you know like mm-hmm. people want to see you say something real you know at the end of the day yeah it's hard it's hard to do it's it, really hard it is it
0: is but i mean that's why i think Like we talked about earlier, you have this really wonderful album and you, all three of you put really real thoughts into it and, you know, your hearts and souls and, and you put yourselves into it, you know, case in point, that's what you did. And it's really reflective of that. Like when you listen to it, you can feel the emotion, you could feel the thematic elements and the things you care about. You can hear that in this album which is just so wonderful and I'm so glad. I mean, this is why I love doing this podcast is people's stories come across my radar and to hear your story and, you know, just your individual story but then also the work you do with your brothers and and everything you're you're creating as artists, I think is so wonderful and the topics that you're addressing within the industry but then just in general for, for people. Like we talked about healthcare earlier. That's, that's so important. Like don't lose that side of yourself. Cause I think like what an important thing in 2023 in this industry to have. Um, and yeah, in your tour, I, I'm, I personally, so yeah, you brought up UK dates. I was already looking there's, Leeds. I actually lived up in Leeds for like two years and I saw oh, that you're great. performing at Hyde Park Book Club, which is too funny. I was yeah. just there like a few weeks ago, actually. So I might come to your Leeds show or your London. I'll keep an eye on my calendar. But um I
1: would love to have you. And I definitely
0: have all the recommendations because I've done my fair share of traveling over in the UK. So, um, yes, I will, I will send you some of my recommendations, but, um,
1: yeah, yeah I that's, love them all. I'm go- I'm going to be there at the end of the month. I'm, I'm visiting my boyfriend. Amazing.
0: And what part of the UK is he in?
1: He's in London, nice, but he was nice. also like up in New York last year. So, okay. I, I've been in the Avia.
0: So yeah, you know, you know, your stuff. <laughs> Well, awesome. You know, thank you so much again, Julia, for coming on. But before you go, I always like to conclude with asking, you know, with this being handling it, is there a, I know we've talked a lot about a lot of different things this episode, but, um, you know, thinking back, considering this album and just considering just, your your life, you know, starting out as an artist, where you are now, has there been a piece of advice that's really helped you handle your life?
1: Oh man, this is such a hard question. I know. Um, <laughs> I wish I had like gotten it together to like think up a pre pre existing answer because I've I mean I feel super lost <laughs> all of the time. Uh, I think like small bites. I was just having this conversation today with a friend. Uh, I I feel like I need to think more six months out instead of six years out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a a much more, like, approachable length of time to plan out your life in. <laughs> it's like, don't bother with the rest of it.
0: Yeah. You it's, it's really hard to plan. Um, you can't, you can't plan it's, it's especially I I make the joke, like after everything that happened in 2020 and how that just like completely altered space and time and, you know, the course of our lives, like you can't plan anything these days. Um, And I think acknowledging that, yeah, that's okay. And it's okay to be completely lost in your life. I feel like a lot of times when I ask people that question, like, how are you handling it? Sometimes along the way it gets misconstrued to like, that handling it is like excelling in life and, and, you know, doing everything like by the book or like that you're surviving and making it, but like handling it is just your own unique way of getting through life, whether it's getting through really tough times or, you know, getting through the good parts or getting to the good parts. Like it's sort of, it's unique. It's how you do it. It's how you do your life.
1: You know what? We're all just out here surviving. I think like, I honestly, the thing that really changed my life is, is making grocery lists, like going to the grocery store with a list. Like I have cried, too many whole foods Mm -hmm. you know a list makes that like 60 percent less likely i'd say you know it's (laughs) like i'm not getting overwhelmed but yeah no i think i think like you know small bites small bites everything is gonna be what it's gonna be at the end of the day so like you can't you can't be like thinking how it's gonna impact you six years down the line Mm-hmm. you know you don't have to do that math yeah i just learned this thing the, the sunk cost fallacy or a set, really? is it yeah, sunk cost fallacy where it's like you stay in something commit to something because you've already like committed so many t- so much time and resource resources to it um and that's like the the justification for staying in something like an investment or like a relationship or something and I like like trying to be like hey where am I doing that in my life like Mm -hmm. what is the what's the stuff I'm like committed to or like a you know like a friendship it's like well yeah we've been friends for five years it doesn't mean we have to stay friends if the friendship isn't good you know or whatever right and and like kind of trying to like actively shape my life you know what i mean yeah i
0: think it's like evaluating how much effort you're putting into a situation a relationship whatever it may be and if that effort is worth it yeah oh. well, wow yeah. what a I'm way like, to end I, this
1: I, yeah. sorry <laughs> well, me i'm an intense hang like i know that about myself i'm a really intense hang no so.
0: i i Honestly, all for the, you know, intense advice, the good advice, you know, whatever it may be. Um, But no, that was, I think, a powerful thing to end it on. Yeah. If you're in a relationship, a friendship, a situation where you're putting more in than required, exit or just reevaluate and redistribute that effort and energy. Um, That's actually good advice to end on. I like that. Awesome. well, now,
1: now only to to apply it. Yes, what does that yeah, look like? the follow
0: through Yeah, oh no. um but yeah, I I like I said, I'll plug it one more time at Tired Hearts. I am so excited for you know, people if they haven't heard it already to listen into this album and uh, yeah, I just think what you guys are doing um as a band, the music you're creating is is so cool and so great and yeah. a lot of bops and a lot of just really important messages that you're putting out there into the world um, that people are listening to and responding to and how great. And you have, yeah, more dates on your tour. I will be linking all of the episode um, in the episode description. I'll be linking all of these details up so that people can follow along. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on
1: my god Daniel, thank you so much for having me this was so lovely uh, <laughs> many applause
0: all right everybody how wonderful and insightful is julia i absolutely loved hearing her story and her perspective in the music industry as well as what this incredible album tired hearts meant to her To listen to the album, you can find it wherever you get your music from, but I've also included links in the episode description, as well as Julia and Balin's social media info so that you can follow along with their journey. Thank you to Julia so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at handlingitpodcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now, and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.